A book I've been reading or, or rereading is a book by A.W. Tozer called Experiencing the Presence of God. And as we've been discovering in our series over the past few weeks, what's it look like to experience the presence of God or, or how does God reveal his presence to us? And we looked at where Moses goes up on the mountain and God reveals his presence to Moses and to the people from, from the top of the mountain. And so we've kind of used that metaphor. What's it look like to come up the mountain? What's it look like to experience the presence of God? And I just want to read to you a couple sentences from this book from Tozer. It says, he says, To come to the word for anything less than meeting God borders on sacrilege. Many come to prove a point. Some come to establish a doctrine. We must discipline ourselves to come to the word with holy anticipation to meet with God. As we come to the Bible, we come with the holy anticipation of actually meeting with God. I want us to watch this short video together. If you have a Bible, join me in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. Deuteronomy, chapter 4. Verses 11 and 12. says, and you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. The Lord spoke to you. You heard the sound of words but saw no form. There was only a voice. As we've been talking for the past several weeks, we've discovered as you read the Bible, you see that God's heart is, is not only to be with you, but to show you he is with you. You, you can't read the, the, the Bible. You can't look through the window of God's word and not see God's heart is to regularly interrupt and invade people's lives with his presence. That's his heart. And so the question looms then, well then, how do I experience his presence? And what's amazing is we know, right, God ultimately showed his heart when he put his son on the cross. And his son shed blood on that cross, so that you could have your sins forgiven and you could be in the presence of God. You could experience the presence of God. But how do we experience that presence along the way as we follow him? That's the question. What's his presence look like? I mean, how how does he reveal his presence to us? And this morning, I, I just want us to look at one specific way God reveals his presence to you. 
if you want to experience the presence of God, seek him in the presence of his word. Seek him in the presence of his word. He's there. He's there. Every time you read the Bible, every time you hear the Bible read, it is a trip up the mountain. It's a trip up the mountain, but here's reality. Statistics would tell us that less than half of people who regularly are part of church read their Bibles every day. Less than half. So what that tells me, and that's people who are part of, attend church regularly. For those that don't, it's way less. So what that tells me is there's a lot of people who are missing daily miracles, experiences in the presence of God simply because we don't meet him in the word. But the good news, the flip side of that is if you are craving to be in the presence of God and experience the presence of God, spend time with him in his word. He's there. He's spoken to us through words. And so that's the good news. I I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. And I just want us to see our God for the moment. Genesis chapter 1. How do we experience the presence of God? That's, here's the principle, by seeking him in the presence of his word. He's here. <laughs> He's there. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth. And imagine this, and the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. So the Spirit is hovering. And then, here it is, verse 3. And God, what? Said. God spoke. Verse 6. And God said, verse 9, and God said, are you seeing a theme? Are you seeing a pattern? Verse 11, and God again spoke. Verse 14, and God said, verse 20, and God said, verse 24, and God said, verse 26, then God said, verse 29, and God said, God speaks. He speaks. Someone said that when when we talk to God, it's called prayer. But when God speaks to us, that's called crazy. I think, think about that. I have, what you go, Jesus bumps right now. I, don't miss that. The same God who's hovering, who spoke creation into existence, he speaks. He speaks. Genesis 2, verse 7. 
Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed. He breathed into the man's nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Not only does God speak, God breathes. I I want you to take a moment. I just want you to exhale, breathe out, and breathe on your hand or your arm. Everybody do this, all right? So you can feel breath. Maybe feel free to give a mint or somebody to the person next to you. God, he breathes. He breathes out. And what does he breathe out? Life. He breathes out into the man, and the man comes alive. Our God speaks. God breathes. Psalm 29. Go there with me. Psalm 29. When you think of people who have a distinct voice, who comes to mind? Share with me. When you think of someone, could be in entertainment, movies. Yes. James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader back in the day. Or Mufasa for you younger ones. What's that? Morgan Freeman. Those are my first two that came to mind. So, anybody else? How, what's it? Sean Connery. Yeah. Okay. Another distinct voice. Yeah. John Piper. Yes, he has a distinct voice. Anybody else? Oh, the Allstate commercial guy. All right. How about Alexa? Right? Very distinct voice. Or Siri? Right? Distinct voice. Psalm 29, verses 3 through 9. So we have a God who speaks. We have a God who breathes out. Psalm 29, verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And I have the whole theme song to the show, The Voice, going through my head right now. This is the... The voice, right? You have the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks trees in half, breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple, all cry glory. That's a distinct voice. The word powerful there in verse 4 has a strong, strong voice. And then Full of majesty. It's, it's like a royal, majestic, dignified, impressive voice. 
And you just see the strength and the power of the distinct voice of our God. And just how through his voice, the, what can be done, what's accomplished. And the only right response to this voice is glory. It's glorious. It's the only right response to that voice is glory. God has a voice, a distinct, strong power. He speaks. He breathes. His voice is distinct. Go with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 39. On that day when evening had come, Jesus says to the disciples, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're dying? And Jesus awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said to them, Peace, be still. Here is our God, the Son of God, speaking words. Words so powerful that all he has to do is speak words. And storms cease. They stop. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 11. The power of his words. He speaks. He breathes. His voice is distinct. He speaks with words, powerful words that calm raging seas. And then if you go to John, chapter 11. Verse 38 says, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, Lazarus' tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with that loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now let's not lose sight of who Lazarus is. He's, he's dead. He's been dead for four days. He stinks. He's inside a cave. It's a dead corpse. And Jesus just speaks words. Words. And the man, verse 44, who had died came out. That's our God. He speaks. He breathes and gives life. 
and he speaks and makes dead things come back to life. That's our God. He calms storms with his words. He heals diseases with his words. And what's crazy, listen, what's crazy is that same God who said, let there be light. That same God who breathed life into Adam. That same God that said, peace, be still. Lazarus, come out. That same God is speaking to you. And to me, the same God that met Moses on the mountain, that's not just for Moses, that's for you. He wants to, t- to talk to you. And he does. He wants to speak with you. How do we know this? Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3:16. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says this, all scripture is what? Breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out. The breath of God is in his words. The same breath that came out of God into Adam comes out of these pages speaking to you and to me. All scripture is breathed out by God. God's breath comes out of these pages, comes from these words. There's a theological term for this called the doctrine of inspiration. Where we see the pages and the words of scripture and it just simply means that God exhaled his breath. And so these words are God's words and they contained his very breath. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 11 and 12. We'll just, actually, verse 12, Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living. Let's stop right there, living. You know what that means? It's not dead. It's alive. These words are alive. (laughs) They're living. It means they're breathing, they're active, And you know what? This is not in the past tense. This is present tense. Word of God is right now happening in the now. Right now as we're here, it's alive, breathing. God is breathing out. He is alive through these words. It's living, active. Why? Because God is alive. And as we're hearing the Bible and we're reading the Bible, he's speaking to us. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. For the word of God is living right now and active. Now, the New Testament was written in the language of Greek. And so when we translate this Greek word into our English word, we get our our word energy from this word active. And energy simply is the exertion of power. 
It's the exertion of power. So as you read the word of God, as you hear it read, there is a power, a divine, supernatural power coming from the breath and the voice of God through his words. Someone said, when you open your Bible, you are literally opening the words of God. I wonder, I just wonder sometimes as I think about myself, right? I'll put it on me. I wonder if one of the reasons why I long for some kind of emotional experience with God is because I've forgotten how alive he is in his words. And when most of us don't read it, you wonder, no wonder we lack power. God's going, I'm right here. I'm ready to meet with you. I'm ready to give you power. I'm ready to breathe into you. Then go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Verses 11 through 13. The Apostle Paul again is writing. And he says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11. He says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? Why? He tells us that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this, we give this in words, not taught by human wisdom but taught by the Spirit who is interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. This should blow us away. When you sit down, or I sit down to read the Bible, and you start reading the Bible, and you start understanding the meaning of the Bible... There is something supernatural going on in that moment. The only way you're able to understand anything from the words of God is because the Spirit of God has been the interpreter translating the meaning to you. Last Sunday we had kind of a share time and, and Maria stood up here and shared a story and, of, of what God had done in her life and she shared it in Spanish. I don't know Spanish. But Makita, Landers, she does, and so Makita was over here, and she would hear what Maria was saying, and she would hear what Maria was saying in, in, in Spanish, and she would hear that and interpret it and then say it in English so that we, we could understand it. That is happening spiritually. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing for you and in you when you read the Bible. And I love what John Piper said, don't miss the miracle. There's a divine human meeting going on every time you open up this book. Every time. And I, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying I do this all the time, right? I'm like, man, I've got five minutes. Pfft, here's a verse of the day. I'm out the door, whatever. 
God's going, okay, I love you. I love you. I still love you. But man, I was really, man, I love you. <laughs> but I want more. I want more of you. And there's a supernatural thing. I mean, there's a doctrinal term, theological term for this called the doctrine of illumination. Is where the Holy Spirit turns on the light for you. You're in the dark about the meaning of what the Bible, what, what God's meaning, and then all of a sudden you can understand it. That's because the Spirit of God did something in your mind and in your heart so you could understand it. And that's happening when we read the Bible. But I think many of us miss that meeting. We miss that meeting because we don't, we're not here. Don't miss the miracle. And listen, that same God who met and spoke with Moses on the mountain is speaking to you through here, through his words. Listen, reading the Bible, hearing the Bible is an experience of the presence of God. It is. It's a trip up the mountain. God wrote a book. And he is speaking present tense in this book. So here's my challenge to you and to me and to your house church. Read your Bible. Read your Bible, but read it with the expectation of experiencing the presence of God. Read it, expecting the presence of God. And let me add a little extra challenge to the challenge. If you're like me, all right, I have the Bible app on my phone, and I struggle. If I start reading the Bible using my phone, and I get a little ding or notification or whatever, I'm like, squirrel. You know, it's like, I'm off. And then I got to answer an email. Then I got to do this or a text. And I've, I've just put God on hold. For a moment. So, so let me challenge you. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible on your phone. There's nothing sinful, okay, about that. But if you're like me and you get distracted easily, this is just a little help. This week, I want to challenge you to go get a Bible that has pages. Get an old, old clock so you don't use your phone. All right? And just meet God here. And allow him to meet you. Because he's, he's here. <laughs> he's here. Let me give you some helps, too, for experiencing God and his presence in his word. Some practical things here. Commit to read or listen to the Bible before you read a devotional or listen to a podcast. Okay? God, these are, we really believe, right? He's here, speaking, living, active, present tense, before you read the devotional, those are great supplements, but they're not substitutes for God's voice. So designate a specific place to meet God in his word. Find a place. Find a place in your room. Jesus, I was reading that this week in the Gospel of Mark. Where did he go to spend time with the Father? The mountain. Go figure. Find a, find a, find a place and meet God in his word. And when you're there, Slow down. Don't speed into the moment. I'm telling you from personal experience, okay? 
I got to slow myself down. I got to get in that moment. I need to pause. I need to breathe. I need to acknowledge the presence of God is with me. It's like being out on a date with my wife, and if I've never acknowledged Andrea is with me, how rude is that? Right? But I just, it, it, there's something about acknowledging his presence with you in the word, that he's there, he's with you. Before you read, ask him to reveal his presence to you. Slow down your approach, read, read slowly, read a bit, then listen, read a bit, then listen, and respond with prayer and with immediate obedience to what he's saying to you. Just some, I hope, simple help. So I'm going to ask the band to come. As, as they come, there, there's that personal challenge, right? If, man, God is speaking, he's breathing, his voice is distinct, he uses words, and he's given us his words that breathe, that are alive, that are present tense, that are moving, and he wants us to experience his presence. That's his heart. And how do you experience his presence? One of the ways, simply by seeking him in the presence of his word. And if we really believe that the presence of God is here and we live in a world that's desperate for the presence of God, let me add a challenge to the challenge to the challenge. Here's the, here's the challenge to the challenge to the challenge. Somehow we have got to get God's words into the hearts and hands of people who need him. So this week, I just want to challenge you and pray and say, God, reveal someone, put someone on my heart, someone that doesn't know you on my heart and And allow me the opportunity to get your word to them. A couple weeks ago, I was at the worship night at Abe and Kinsey's house. And we split up into groups to pray. And Dustin Montgomery's mom was in my group. And Dustin and Gabby, they they pastor our Northern Kentucky House Church. And I was talking with Dustin's mom. And she said, you know... She said, I came to know Christ simply by reading the Bible. That's how I came to know Christ. Simply, I just started reading the Bible. And as I read the Bible, I realized I needed a relationship with Jesus. He's alive. And he is speaking. He's speaking to you through his words. On this page, he's breathing out And so this week, I want to challenge you to to get into the hands of someone through a note, through a text, the words of God, believing what Isaiah said, that God's word will not return empty. It will accomplish its purpose. This past week, I've been knocking on doors through this town, Newtown, just walking around saying, how can I pray for you? Our church meets up the road at the school, and I knocked on a door a few weeks ago. And the son opened the door. He's in his 20s. And he said, hi, my name is so-and-so. And introduced myself. He said, well, I'm actually an ordained minister of the Hellenistic pagan religion. Okay. And so we had a conversation out on their porch. Two days ago, God put that family. He lives with his mom. His mom struggles physically. And God put them on my heart and mind again. And so I went and got a gift card, UDF. And I said, I'm going to go back to that house. And I'm just going to see if he's there. So I knock on the door. Mom comes to the door, comes out on the porch. I give her the gift card. We start talking. And and she said, you want to come in? Sure. So come in and probably had about a 45-minute conversation with her in their living room, all kinds of needs. 
And I said, would you mind if I prayed for you? She said, you can pray with me. I was like, awesome. So she stands up, holds out her hands, and I start praying with her. And as I'm praying, I'm thinking of Scripture, just believing, God, I know you're alive in your word. And I just left her with some Scripture. I said, would you read these for me later on sometime? She's like, yeah, I'll do that. Why? God is alive. His presence is in his word. Church, let's be a people who experience the presence of God through the presence of his word because he's here. He's here. He loves you that much that he's written a book. Let's not miss the miracle. Let's not miss the miracle. And in a moment, we're going to take the bread. We're going to take the cup. And let that be a reminder to you of just how much God loves you. So much so that he sent his son down to go up on a cross so that you and I could go up the mountain and experience the presence of God for the rest of our lives. That's how much he loves you. So when you take the bread and the cup, celebrate Jesus this morning. And maybe as we start singing, maybe you just want to come and confess sin this morning. Maybe you just want to get some people together. Can we just pray? I, I, I just need God to do something in me. Maybe you're here and you're not even a Christian. You say, I need God. I need Jesus. But let us be a people, not just content with being in here, passionate about being in the word, but intent about sharing the word with those, a world that's desperate to be in his presence. So as I pray, take a few moments. Open up the Bible. Read. Maybe Psalm 32. And read. And when your heart is ready to take the bread and the cup, you make your way to the table and receive this morning. Lord Jesus, we love you. God, you're so good. I thank you that you speak. I believe you're speaking now. I believe you're breathing now. I believe that we can hear your voice now through your words. Help us to be a people that long to meet with you and be a people that long to share your words with those who need to be with you and who you long to be with. Thank you for the bread. We thank you for the cup. Great reminders of your heart, that your heart is to be with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross to make the way for us to come up the mountain to be in your presence. We love you this morning. I thank you for your word. Lord, you spoke to us. We hear the sound of your words. And we listen for your voice. Amen.